Two weeks out from the threat of another partial government shutdown, impacted federal employees are still trying to recover from the 35-day lapse they just endured. Yesterday, I spoke with Nicola Grisco about the accepted employees who worked without pay. Today, Jory Heckman has highlights from our survey of furloughed federal employees who didn't go to work. Jory joins me now. And Jory, one of the complaints made by the accepted employees was that the furloughed ones could apply for financial assistance, public assistance, unemployment benefits while they were not working. Is that, in fact, what they're telling us they did? I would say the vast majority of the furloughed respondents to our survey, they did take some sort of financial assistance in some way, shape or form, uh, varied across a lot of different ways here. Uh, It's worth pointing out, Tom, just the sample size here, 500 uh, 500 employees said that they were furloughed, uh, but anywhere from high 300s to 400s responded to any one question. So just to get a sense of how many people were talking here, but about 33% said that they had applied for unemployment benefits. And we've we've brought up a number of times of just how tricky a situation that is, because now that the shutdown is over, they have to pay those benefits back. And for a lot of people, they were kind of in this situation of do I or don't I? Is it worth it? And of course, as the shutdown continued, that calculus changes. Uh, one employee really kind of hit the heart of this matter. He said that you have to pay the unemployment benefits back anyway. And he said he's in a fortunate position to have the savings and a supportive partner to you know fall back on those expenses. Or, sure. It's always better, I guess, to borrow from yourself. And then if you miss a payment, they won't come after you. That always helps. Yeah. Yeah. Another 44 percent said that they were able to successfully defer payments on rent, mortgage, utility bills things of that nature after explaining their furloughed status to creditors. Of course, thinking back to the beginning of the shutdown, OPM had put out these form letters that had rubbed some people the wrong way, saying in so many words that they were willing to barter for services, do carpentry work, painting, anything that they could do to help defray some of the costs that they were on the hook for. Yes, OPM took a little heat for suggesting that in some ways, like help plumb out the pipes in exchange for rent. What about the furloughed feds that took side work for pay? What did we learn about that from the survey? So not too many of those really, it turns out, decided to take any kind of side work or gig work. About 5% or really down to the the real numbers here, about 20 employees overall said that they were working some sort of side job or gig economy work during the shutdown, although about half of the respondents said that they were looking into it. And to that point, to get some, some more specifics, some of them said that they had filled, they were looking to fill in as substitute teachers in local school districts. Um, some higher-ups, like agency lawyers, said that they faced the, the highest restrictions when it comes to seeking that outside work. When we, we spoke with federally-focused uh, law firms, they've, they've said as much before that for people who are lower grade rank, they, they really don't have a problem driving for, for Lyft or Uber or delivering for food. But agency lawyers really do face kind of the, the most restrictions on this front. And, um, you know, some people said that, you know, they really were kind of puzzled by the idea, saying that they had had enough savings uh, banked up before this. And they said for them, it was essentially a free vacation. I guess if you're a criminal prosecutor, you would be safe doing probate or wills for old ladies or something. I guess that would coincide too much with your federal work. And what about the stresses? What did the furlough folks say about the stresses of the shutdown generally? The number one concern was really just the uncertainty of how long the, sh- the shutdown was going to go on for, for how long they were going to be furloughed. Uh, about about half of the respondents said that that was their number one concern. 
A pretty close second was folks who were worried about the financial strain. And coming in at number three was was people who just wanted to do the jobs that they were paid to do. We had heard from a federal scientist who said that the the work they were doing, projects that they were uh, that was underway, um, were being disrupted as the result of the shutdown. And they said by the time they get back, this could be you know something that would be a a, a year of of progress being lost here. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Yeah, I guess if you have something ripening in a Petri dish or you have a plant under a grow light that you have created for some scientific purpose and it withers and dies while you're on furlough, you've got to get back. You've got some time lost there to get back to where you were. And of the respondents, how many had a paycheck coming in from somebody else in the household? So about half of the respondents said that they were in a household where their spouse or significant other was working in the private sector. And so there was still at least one income coming in. We had heard from some of the unions that this was a concern, that there would be some cases where the, both both the breadwinners of the household were, were furloughed federal employees or, or just not getting a paycheck in some way, shape, or form. And we did hear from some of those. About 10% said that they were both furloughed feds, and only about 3% said that they had a partner who was a fed who was working without pay. Yeah, so you might have people in two different agencies, one funded, one unfunded, and then somebody becomes the breadwinner. And communications during the show. We heard a lot that for people that were accepted, even when they were at work, they had communications problems. They couldn't call up a policy shop for, say, getting the answer to a question. There was no IT support, that kind of thing internally. What about communications externally with the people on furlough? Only about 60 percent said that they had heard from their agency once during the shutdown. Usually that was just the, the, the case of whether they were furloughed or not to begin with. 25 percent said that they had heard from their agency a couple of times throughout the shutdown, periodic updates. And about 15 percent said that they had gotten regularly updated information from their agencies. The tricky thing here, of course, Tom, is that if you were furloughed, you generally weren't allowed to access your agency computer, your agency phone, your doc of email. So... In a lot of cases, your manager didn't have your personal email, your personal phone number. So how were they supposed to get in touch with you in the first place? Yeah, that's a problem. I always wonder if people kind of cheat on that and just kind of check their email anyway. Well, to that point, someone said that their coworkers had set up an informal Facebook kind of chat group to keep posted on uh, you know, things that they were able to take advantage of, loans, healthcare coverage, TSP withdrawals, you name it. All right. So now we are a week back at work minus a snow day and minus a three-hour delay because of the frigid, horrible temperatures. What are the furloughed people back at work now saying is their biggest concern now that they are back? Well, when they took the survey, 62% said that their number one concern was getting paid back. Of course, this week, for a lot of those folks, that was no, that was now something that was solved. By the end of January, a lot of people were going to get the back pay for the two missed pay periods. Nearly a third said that just getting back up to work and doing the job that they're paid to do was pretty difficult, to the point about that federal scientist and projects not being done. And what about relations with people that were accepted and had to stay on the job the whole time? I imagine there's a little bit of, um, you know, resentment, but no one was in a great situation here. Okay, because the accepted people said they felt a little, or some of them anyway, said they had that resentment against those that could stay home. Anything else we need to know about that people are thinking? 
Well, some people were, were also thinking about their fellow contract employees who, at this moment, have really no prospect of getting any kind of back pay. We've seen some efforts on Capitol Hill to rectify this in some way. Just this week, we've heard from House lawmakers and Senate lawmakers, a block of Democrats who have been pushing for low contractor back pay. There's a, a handful of bills that would address this in an, any number of ways. The one that's really gotten a lot of push is one that would restore back pay to low contractor employees. Think of custodians, think of janitors, people who... Um, but not computer scientists and cybersecurity people and that sort. No, no. But through this bill, the vehicle to restore that back pay would be to give them 200% of the federal poverty line. That would be about $50,000. And some lawmakers in a, in a press conference said, you know, raise your hand if you make $50,000 to these contract employees. No one raised their hand. So they would be made whole 100%. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Be sure to check out all of our shutdown survey coverage and all of our return coverage at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. 